0: To James 1, amen, praise the Lord. Going to talk about something uncomfortable, but we're going to get comfortable with it because we need to. If it's in the Bible, we should be comfortable with it, amen? Amen. James 1. And uh, we're going to begin reading at uh, verse 2. The name of this is profiting from trials. Profiting from trials, according to the Word. Hallelujah. Now, before we read this, let me just tell you that... Again, I'm not saying this as a qualifier, I'm just saying it because it's true. I thank God for my word of faith um heritage, I guess you could say, background. I learned some great things in the during the time of the faith movement that we did not know. Like, for example, and you've heard me say this before, we've learned we learned authority of the believer. Praise God. That's a good thing to know, isn't it? That we as believers have authority. It's not just us outside of the throne room and happen to go to God and, you know, you know, say, do this Lord, do that Lord, you know, help me Lord. And then we're back outside and hoping that, you know, He heard our prayer. Thank God we have authority, right? We can speak to Mount, Jesus said that you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. And uh, if you if you say that and, and mean it with your heart and don't and and don't have doubt about what you say, whatever you say will come to pass. Amen. Thank God for that truth. Right, brother Hagan, I tell you what. I I was the p- piano player and the organist. Uh, different times. I did different things. Uh, and and I we'd have eight day crusades, and he'd get up and he'd open the morning session and the night session with the same verse of Scripture. And I got to thinking, My Lord, doesn't the man know anything besides Mark 11.23 and Mark 11.24? Is there any other verse? Is there any other Scripture that he that he could read and teach us? But, praise the Lord, it was the emphasis of the hour. It was the church needed to know their authority. We needed to know our Authority in our words and that what we said makes the difference. Because see, I kind of grew up thinking, well, it doesn't matter what you say. It's what you believe that counts. But you know what? It matters what we believe, doesn't it? Doesn't it matter what we believe? But it also matters what we say and it matters what we think. And, uh, and so we thank God for those great truths of the faith movement. We also thank God for Getting the good teaching that we got on the nature and character of God. Understanding the difference between God and the devil. Understanding that the thief cometh not, but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So we knew that if something's trying to steal, if something's trying to kill, if something, something's trying to destroy us, we knew and know that it's not God doing it. Amen? Now I have to say all that. Again, it's not a qualifier. It's just a reminder and a foundation of what I'm about to teach about trials and tribulations. Because uh, God is not the author of problems. God's not trying to create a problem for you and me. He's not sending disaster into our life to kind of sit back while while he eats popcorn and drinks a Coke to see how it's going to turn out. Are you with me? But how many know that we live in a fallen world? How many know the devil's loose? (laughs) And uh, there will come a time, the Bible says, when he will be bound and cast into the pit. I like to call it pit day. You know, we're all, all look, how many's looking forward to pit day? The Bible says we're going to have a pit day where we watch the, the Lord throw Satan into the pit once and for all and that we will say, is this the one that deceived the nations? You're kidding me. And you can be able, you can say, you can say, wow, is that the one that in 2017 Made my life a living hell. Is that the one that caused me that problem? Is that the one that, that stole a loved one from me or whatever? And you can be able to, to vent, I suppose. <laughs> but mainly it'll be a, a mockery, which is his worst nightmare. Think about that because the, uh, Lucifer, um, you know, who was one of the uh, archangels, his biggest problem is pride. And the last thing He wants is to be made fun of. The last thing He wants is to be mocked. The last thing He wants is to to also be revealed for what He is, which is a lying crock of, sack of, whatever you want to put after that. (laughs) Because that's what He is. He's a liar, and He is a deceiver. And the only power that He really has... Is in how much he can deceive us. That's absolutely true. And he uses our five senses as the tools of, or, or the, you could say the medium in which he works is our five senses with his deception. How many understand what I mean by that? So thank God we know those things. However, here's what, here's the, here's the, waiting for the other shoe to drop, here it is. While we know who we are in Christ and what we have and the blessings, we know what God's doing, we know what the devil's doing. Nonetheless, we have to deal with it. Amen. And uh, you have to sometimes get up and put your big boy pants on and your big girl pants on. <laughs> and, uh, and you have to face the reality that life is not easy always and uh... it can be easy today and a problem tomorrow it can be a problem today and easy tomorrow you never know forrest gump is right he says life is like a box of chocolates you don't know what you're gonna get and so sometimes things are just buzzing along fat fantastically and all of a sudden you know one one symptom and a diagnosis or or uh... uh... you know you get called in and where you work, and they say, We're cutting your department, which means we're cutting you. <laughs> and uh, you're no longer, you know, uh, here's your two weeks severance pay, and God bless you. Out the door you go. Like Oral Roberts used to fire people by telling them, uh, He'd say, uh, The Lord has shown me that you have a new ministry. And they'd be all excited about that. And he'd say, it's just not here. <laughs> Somewhere else. <laughs> so the pers- said person somebody said Oral Roberts was the only person in the world that could make you feel good about being fired because <laughs> he would just build you up about this fantastic ministry you're going to have. But it's, it's outside the front doors down on Boulder Avenue, <laughs> Tulsa, you know, on the street. So... <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of funny but uh, you know it, I'm sure that when the guy got home and announced it to his wife hey honey brother Robert said we have a new ministry it's just not there <laughs> which means that this is the last check we're going to get from them for a while so uh, praise God you know the the crud of life hits everybody I'm telling you, nobody's exempt if you're in this world. And so you look at, sometimes you look at another couple or another family or, you know, another, uh, person and you'll think, wow, they, I wish I had their life. Look at them. Everything's easy. I tell you, it's, it's, uh, it's a facade. And I don't care who it is. Everybody goes through stuff. How many could testify and say there's things that you've experienced in life that you never dreamed you would experience? There's attacks that you've had come against you that you, you thought would never happen to you. That was always somebody else that something like that could happen to. And then you find the problem dumped on your doorstep. So now we have the question, what are we going to do about it? And uh, the... Again, from the faith movement, our thought was always, well, this is an interruption. Normal should be everything nice and pretty. And now we have this interruption on the program, and we've got to deal with this interruption. We have to stop life and deal with this interruption uh, to move on. And uh, as long as you face it that way, you're going to have problems. Because... The enemy then kind of is already winning. Because he's saying, look, I've got their attention. I've distracted them. They're no longer having a vision. They're no longer planning. They're no longer doing. They're no longer reaching out. They're no longer living. They have stopped living to pay attention to my shiny object over here that I'm shaking in front of their face. But we're gonna learn from the Word. Praise God, the Word is an arsenal. The Word, the Word of God is an arsenal. And the Word of God is an armory of tactics. Now, you know, uh, anybody that's been in the military or anything or police work or whatever, I'm sure Brother Brent can tell you, uh, it's not just weaponry that counts, it's tactics that count too. And it's training. Praise God. And I believe that church ought to be the war room in a a sense or the tactical room where we come together and sure, we could all compare notes as to what, you know, our problem is. But at the end of the day, we have to say, well, yeah, but I've come to church because I need some tactical training. I need to, amen. I need to get out on the shooting range. And, uh, and hone my skill better, and understand, first of all, we're going to expose the tactics of the enemy, and then secondly, we're going to be trained in spiritual warfare. Now that doesn't mean that we get banners and march around the room and scream at the ceiling. I'm not talking about something weird. <laughs> Thank God that era passed because, you know, it took up preaching time when you went to those churches and they had to sing for an hour and 45 minutes to break the power of the devil over the... I said, well, one thing, I told my wife when I first experienced that, I said, well, one thing they're missing is the devil should be under their feet. So if they're screaming at the devil, why are they staring at the ceiling? No wonder they got a problem in that church. The devil's under our feet. You don't point to the sky and tell the devil to come down. He's under our feet. Hallelujah. And he should stay there. Am I helping you today? But I'm talking about real strategies of the Spirit that can put you over when it looks like there's no way. So here's one of them. Here's a strategy that we choke on. But there it is. Read it and weep. Amen. <laughs> My brethren, count it all. That would be sister in two, okay? My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptation or when they're presented to you. A temptation is anything that distracts you. It's not just sin, but it's uh, anything that distracts you from faith. Anything that distracts you from victory. Anything that distracts you from, from God and Jesus is a temptation. And it's also a singing group. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. Uh, but let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect. That means, uh, it tells you what it means. Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Perfect there doesn't mean, you know, sometimes the negative connotation with perfectionism. But perfect means nothing, see, wanting nothing, nothing lacking, lacking, nothing broken. In other words, you're entire. Praise God. When a baby is born, usually the mother will count the fingers and the toes and so forth and make sure that all the parts are there because that way they can say, well, I've got a perfect child here. In other words, there wasn't anything lacking or broken or missing. Uh, It doesn't mean their behavior is always going to be perfect, and that's the same here. Amen. Praise God. Perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given to him. Amen. So it says, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. And, of course, we know, too, that the trial of our faith... The Bible says the trial of our faith is more precious than gold. Again, I heard one preacher say years ago, okay, you know, as a teaser to his sermon, he said, um, I have $100,000 here, or I have a trial, which would you choose? And it's like, well, most people would take, just give me the cash, you know. But he says, actually, the trial is more valuable than the money. And uh, so I actually heard a preacher recently say this. This guy is a faith guy. Don't worry. He's not, uh, you know, blaming God for trials. But he did say this, that he got attacked, and he actually thanked the devil. Can you imagine this? He actually thanked the devil for the attack, because he said, when the attack came, it made me realize how... Unprepared that I was spiritually for the attack. Isn't that something? Now that just, that, we have to chew on that a minute. But he said, that wasn't the intent of the devil for the attack to make me stronger. The intent of the devil uh, is for that you throw in the towel and you say it's vain to serve God. God's not answering my prayer. I've been confessing. I've been rebuking. I've been abiding. I've been doing all these things and I've been praising and jumping for joy and praying in tongues 9 hours a day and whatever and still it's no better and still there's a problem and still it's persisting and uh therefore none of it works. Listen, I've got a very good friend who told me uh he's a he's a he's a uh, an evangelist and a uh Missionary, he's in Africa right now, in fact. He, he lives in Palm Beach Gardens on the other side of the state. He told me, he said, I've got all kinds of friends from, you know, Word of Faith, Bible schools and so forth, who because of a tragedy have thrown in the towel on faith. They've said, well, it doesn't work. You know, I, 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 I prayed for the, I prayed for somebody and they didn't get healed. I, You know, I claimed some money and it didn't come and lost my car, whatever. Something, you know, that that was unfortunate that happened. I uh, fought for my marriage and it blew up anyway. And therefore, I've thrown in the towel and I don't pray or believe God for anything. Don't you understand? That was the tactic of the enemy to start with. That was his goal. You know, if 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 the enemy can't shoot you, at least maybe he can put on the pressure enough for you to surrender to him. Come out with the white hanky and say, I surrender, take me hostage. And in a sense, they are taken hostage. A person who loses their victory, who loses their faith, who loses their confidence, has basically been taken as prisoner. Now you can come out of that and fight your way out of it. But it's just better not to go there, amen? So we're talking about putting a value on the trial. Praise God, profiting from it. Can you say amen? And saying, Hallelujah, I am profiting from this thing. And you tell the devil what you intended for evil, God is turning around for my good. I, I I preached this. I think Wednesday night I said something about it. Remember the lion that attacked the 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 camp in in Africa and uh you know somebody had presence of mind to shoot it and it fell down before it was going to you know the mouth was open and it was roaring and it was going to attack the preacher and then and then instead the lion was shot and he got up on top of it. So what had been intended to kill him became his platform. The devil always attacks the wrong people. He's got like brain damage from something because he attacks the wrong people, right? And, uh, and uh, I tell you what, when he attacked my wife, he attacked the wrong person because, amen, because she will use... She will use her healing testimony to bring many souls into the kingdom. And, uh, already people have written, you know, her letters and things on, you know, mainly through social media, but have written and sent emails and car- some cards and letters and things and actual, you know, snail mail, but, uh, have, she's gotten messages about, they said, you are such an inspiration to me and you have Inspired faith in me and, uh, but there's been people that said, you know, I, I was discouraged and I was about ready to throw in the towel and then here's your testimony of how God is bringing you out of this thing. Amen? Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and, and so, so that would mean the enemy is dumb, isn't he? Because, because he, what he intended to be a discouragement and I'm gonna tell you, you know, you go through all those questions when, when, when things don't turn around as quickly as you want them to. You ask those questions. Why is it taking so long? What what is the da 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 da? Like I told you, when somebody says that, why is it taking so long? I always say now, well, why don't you go ask God that question? Or are you fishing for sin? Are you fishing or well obviously and see we have friends that said that well you're doing something wrong you're doing, you've opened the door, blah, 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 blah. I tell you what, as long as you stay on that path, there is no victory. And, uh, let he that's got all the answers answer the first altar call for liars because there's no such thing as somebody that has all the answers. Are you following me? And, uh, and man, I tell you what, it's, it's, um, It's a, it's a victory day when you, when you look at the, when you look at the trial and you can count it joy and say, praise God. I'm counting it all joy. Amen. We had, uh, years ago we used to have family members visit us and we found out the gossip behind our back was, well, David and Cherie, They're putting on a good game face, you know. That was, that was the, that was the discussion amongst some relatives was, well, they're putting on a good game face, you know, but we know there's things going on. Well, of course there's things going on. We're human beings living in a fallen world. How smart do you have to be? So in other words, but they should be, what what they've experienced and what they're going through in the attack, you know, with a dead son and whatever else, they should be walking around, you know, with sackcloth and ashes with a bag over their head. And that's the way the world thinks. Did you know that's the way the world thinks? It's circumstantial joy. If the circumstances are great, then there's a little bit of ah, happiness. And when the circumstances... Suck. Can I just be blunt? When the circumstances suck and life sucks at that moment, you're supposed to be going around all depressed. I had somebody write me recently and say, Well, I can tell you're no longer grieving. You know. And I said, you know, We're not. We're not grieving. We you know, about Chris. You know, I can tell you're no longer grieving. I said, I'm not grieving. Praise the Lord. He's with Jesus. Amen. And uh, we're all not far behind them in the terms of how short this life is if we live to be 140. Some days I feel like I'm 140, you know. <laughs> get up, and it's like I have to tell myself, get up. <laughs> up. <laughs> you know, or like Frank said one time, I can get on the floor, but as he's getting off of it, that's a problem, you know. <laughs> Sometimes that's a challenge. But anyway, no matter how, you know, I said, well, hey, no, we're not grieving. And so, well, shame on you. And so the world thinks like that. The world thinks, shame on you. Why are you smiling? You have no reason to smile. Things are bad for you. You've got a problem. It was like, no, we're things are not bad for us. Things are good because we are focusing on the eternal things. We are focusing on the spiritual victory that's already been won. And all this other that's around us is the fake news. To borrow from President Trump. It's the fake news. You know, he's so eloquent, isn't he? (laughs) He calls it the fake news. And it is the fake news. It's like it's not... Now we're going to report on what's not happening. And that's the devil. I'm going to report on what's not happening. What's not happening? Well, I'll tell you what's not happening is Jesus is still Lord. And Jesus is still alive. And my life is wrapped and hid in Him. Amen. So when you're attacked physically, you're attacked spiritually, you're attacked mentally, you're you're attacked financially, (laughs) glory to God, you can just tell the devil, "Uh uh-oh, big mistake! You made another one. Do, will you ever learn? Yay, another chapter in another book about how, how we overcame Like Gloria Copeland says to Kenneth all the time. Well, it'll be interesting to see how the Lord delivers us from this. And you get intrigued. Oh, wow. This is going to be interesting how we come out of this. This is going to be interesting how we have a testimony about it. Can you say amen? Now think about how boring the Bible would read if you got all the patriarchs of old, you know, you've got Moses, David, Abraham. There was never any challenge and just says, they found the Lord and they lived happily ever after. I just thought of that. Isn't that ridiculous? What a ridiculous Bible that would be. Well, they found the Lord and then everything was just peachy keen after that. First church of the peachy keen. You know, we're going to we we don't have any problems. We're just going to hand out daisies and lollipops. Like one preacher got on TV and bless his heart, I appreciate him, but you know, it's a little silly. He says, "Well, don't worry. It'll all be better in the morning." He actually says morning. It'll all be better in the morning. I told Cherie one time, I said, well, what if it's not better in the morning? I said, sometimes you get up and it's worse in the morning. During the night, it got worse. What about that? What about in the morning, you're hit with something really, you know, bizarre? More bad news. What else? What fresh hell has appeared of the doorstep? You know, a lot of preachers won't preach this stuff because it's too nerve wracking. It's like, you know, people get nervous in the service say, well, when I hear something good. Well, the good news is that Christ has already overcome the entire world. He overcame death itself, hell, condemnation, and the grave. He bore every sickness and every pain. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. That word draw means... To absorb like a drawing salve. Anybody ever heard of like a, a salve that you can put on a boil or something? You know, I don't want to gross you out right before lunch. But it will draw the poison or the or the or the sickness out of your body, and that's the drawing strength of Christ and His shed blood. He said, "If I, if I, we see we use the word draw there, you know." youth evangelists like to use that talking about draw like attract I will attract all men unto me that's not what it means attract like an attraction like they're interested that's not what that verse means it says if I be lifted up I will draw all men unto me in other words I will absorb all of their sin that's the idea of the exchange of a covenant he became what we were we became what he is now there's the good news. Praise God. The exchange of a covenant, if two people went into covenant, there's good news, but there was also bad news. Because not only are you, uh, are you, you know, did you now suddenly become a partaker of their wealth, but if there's debt, you got that too. <laughs> it's like getting married, you know. <laughs> Unless there's a prenup. If <laughs> you get married to somebody and it all becomes legal, guess what? You just, you just, uh, affected your credit rating and everything. And it might be for the best, it might be for bad. But that's the idea of a covenant, is that we're joined together. Good, bad, and ugly. All p- smashed together. Amen? And that's the same way it was with Jesus. Hallelujah. The good, the bad, and the ugly. When, 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 um, they say that that scapegoat that they would send on the outside of, uh, the, um, the city walls, you know, during the time of the sacrifices, they would put the sins of all of Israel on that little goat, you know, in prayer and in, and in the ritual. And they said that that little goat would literally His legs would be splayed like this, almost legs breaking from the weight of the sin on that goat. Now that was a literal thing that happened. Not just spiritually, you know, it wasn't just symbolic. It literally happened that that goat would barely make it out to the wilderness to die with that sin. That's a type of Christ. Christ. Hallelujah. So what did he, see we think of him taking our sin and our sickness and our sorrows and our problems, but we have a hard time believing that we also then exchanged and took on his purity, his holiness, his life. How, how alive is Christ? Well, he overcame the grave. It wasn't like He just kind of died and then they gathered around the cross and Hikkim died and raised Him from the dead. <laughs> you understand, had a charismatic prayer meeting. No! What happened is, He got taken down. Mummified! I mean, they prepared the spices and the... The, the, basically that releases natural, it was like organic chemicals, I'm telling you, in all that Egyptian stuff, and they wrapped him in the grave clothes and stuck him in the tomb and put a big old stone in front of it that was too heavy for, for anybody to move. And praise God, he came forth alive and victorious. So how, when he takes, when he absorbs our death, we absorb his life. There's the victory. Amen. So I think we got to get a little different attitude about trials. And we need to, when, when, when something comes against us, we almost need to smile about it and go, wow, this is going to be great to see the victory that comes out of this thing. Amen, and instead of I don't know, we got to turn this around. no, it's already turned around. Jesus turned it around, just walk in that. that's how you have grace and and peace in the midst of hell all week, like I've said. All right, praise God, let's look at the second scripture. you getting anything out of this today? I tell you, if a group of people can get this, they become unstoppable. Because no matter what the report, somebody walks in the church and says, I was just at the doctor and this is the report. You know, and please pray. You know, we we, we just sort of in our tradition, we sort of just take on a real grave sort of attitude of, Oh yeah, it's really serious. And it can be, but we need to, first of all, rejoice. We're gonna count. What are we gonna do first? What if we first started counting it all joy? Say, praise God! What an opportunity for a miracle! What an opportunity to see God do something fantastic for you. And you're gonna experience times with the Lord that you never have had before. Press in, don't pull back, and go. I don't understand why this is all happening. Like I've said, sit down. I got bad news. You're alive. That's why it's happening. Welcome to the planet. <laughs> like when we're born, somebody needs to announce, "Welcome to the planet, son. It's a hostile place here. Be careful." These days, if you make it out of the uh, out of the these days, if you make it out of the maternity ward without them destroying you nearly, you know, you're, you've done well. Heavens to Betsy, whoever Betsy is, but heavens to her. Praise God. All right, 2 Corinthians 12, 7. Unless, this is Paul talking, this isn't somebody that doesn't know Jesus. I've actually had friends from Bible school say to me, well we don't have to go through what Paul did because we have greater revelation than him. Oh really? Let me know how that works out for you. People that said stuff like that, you don't know, they fell off the map, you don't know what happened to them. Unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, to be careful what you pray for. Oh Lord, I want to see your face. Okay. Get ready for hell to break loose because you know, you're going to get revelations is going to come with it an exalted measure of attack. People down at the altar screaming, use me Lord. Alright, we'll see how that goes for you too. Praise the Lord. He said, uh, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing... (laughs) Yeah, you, you call it all kinds of stuff, don't you? The attack. This thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. This, I guess, third time's a charm or something, I don't know. Three strikes and you're out, whatever. And he said unto me, let's see, you know, you, you could, you're just gonna say, Lord, this is just a snotty attitude you have about it. Here I am suffering. Here I am going through a problem and you say this to me. My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Notice that's all from the Lord. He's not talking about His strength. He's talking about the strength of the Lord. He said this is all from God. We think of that as part A being from God and part B being from Paul. But no, he's, the whole message is, is that. Do you see that? You ever had that pointed out to you? I don't think anybody's ever pointed that out. My grace, what did Jesus say? What did the Lord say? My grace is sufficient for thee for my strength, which you need, how many need the strength of the Lord? My strength is made perfect in weakness. Wow. We just don't know what to do. Word of faith people don't know what to do with this verse. I think they wish it could be cut out and made a paper airplane out of. Because it doesn't fit with, if you do everything right, everything will be great. The Bible never says that. Most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. You want, it gets worse before it gets better here. Should we keep reading or run for the hills? Therefore, because of all that, and what Jesus said to him, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Praise God. I take pleasure, He says in it. Who talks like that? It sounds like a martyr. But it's not martyrdom. It's understanding the... It's understanding life, man. And you've got to deal, come on, I I didn't write this, I'm not James and I'm not Paul, I'm David. But I'll tell you what, you gotta deal with what James said, and you gotta deal with what Paul wrote here. Amen? What if we just took that attitude? What if instead of it being, oh man, I got some bad news, oh, 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 woe is me. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Where's the when does the woe class meet? I need to go to it. You know. But instead of it being, oh woe is me, oh my problems, oh my trials, oh it's so terrible, and then, then when we top each other, it's like we're on the Queen for a Day show. How many remember Queen for a Day? Whoever had the worst story won the washer and dryer. And the the guy put the crown, and he would always put it on crooked, and the girl would come out, you know. I think they just did it to get the girl out. You know, the girl would come out in the high heels and fix the crown, you know. Queen for a day. She's got the worst story. Sometimes I feel like church becomes that. Well, you think, listen, this is what I'm going through. This is how bad it is for me. Well, you think that's bad. Listen to this. And then we become like a bunch of guys sitting around comparing scars. Well, look at this. I burned my leg off on my motorcycle. You know, I mean, it just, you know, it, I'm telling you, it becomes, you know, war injury comparisons. And, and, and somehow we're, and, oh, oh, that's so bad. That's so bad what you have to go through. That is just so terrible. And we feel compelled to say that. And, and, oh, I'm so sorry you're going through that. And what can I do to make it better? And, and, and can't do anything. And oh, that's even worse. And uh, I mean, Pretty soon we just, there's no victory in that whatsoever. You know? But what about if we started testifying and saying, hey, this is what the doctor said, this is what I'm facing, but praise the Lord, I'm gonna glory in this infirmity knowing that my testimony and I, and when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. And boy, the devil has picked on the wrong person and who's gonna be with me on this journey of victory And it's a victory journey, folks. It's not a dark old way, tired old, yea, though I walk through the valley. If you're gonna quote that, do it with some life to you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. You know, come on, come on. That's not the, that's not the voice of triumph. That's not the voice, that's not what David meant when he wrote it. That's what they've done in movies, you know, as the Titanic's going down, you know, the the priest is saying something like that. Come on! No, the victory, the victory verse is yes, even if I walk through the valley of, look at the difference, even though if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death itself, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort. What a that's a victory verse, that's not a Oh my God. My first cousin, my first cousin was pastoring the Church of God in Pensacola, and he wants me to come preach a camp meeting for him years this is years and years ago. And he's he's gone up north somewhere, in one of the rectangle states. And uh but uh <laughs> um but uh he he uh I went over there, Sheree and I went over there to preach for his panhandle camp meeting years ago and he opens the service in prayer. My first cousin. He's going, Oh he starts warbling his voice. It's like the goat anointing. <laughs> The goat spirit comes upon us and we, we oh, ah, talk like that. He says, oh, Lord, we're unworthy to even stand in thy presence. I wanted to stand up so bad and say, well, why don't you get saved and then you can be worthy, pastor? What a ridiculous... But I think they're thinking they're earning something with God to sound so unworthy. Oh, and he was doing goat goat man. Goatman prayer. Oh God! I'm thinking, dear God, get deliverance counseling, or have a donut, something. Bring the donuts. The I I said some churches they need the stewardesses in the aisles, you know, with the the cart, you know, they'll be serving you soon. You know, you'll get your bag of peanuts or pretzels. You have a nut allergy, but um, I just think that I just think that 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 that's we've got to. I I don't know. Sheree and I have decided that we're forever changed, forever changed, and we're never again gonna go down the path of oh man, what are we gonna do? (laughs) You know, we're not going down that path. We're going down the path of praise God. I'll count it all joy. When things come against us, knowing that the trying of our faith is more precious than gold, knowing that our patience is being worked out, and when patience is, is completely, uh, comes to fruition and completion, that we will be perfect and entire, lacking nothing. Amen. And what a difference it makes in your life. Then you can just have like go around oblivious and people go, well, they're putting on, you know, like I said, we have relatives that said, well, they're putting on a good face, a game face. It's not the game face. It's our face face. <laughs> it's just our face. Praise God. Because the face, uh, is a, um, reflection of what's happening on the inside. Amen. What's happening on the inside. Glory to God. Though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. We're walking in renewal. Amen. How many get this, what we're preaching today? Alright, praise the Lord. Let's lift our hands and praise God.